What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On today's episode, we have Chad Berkwin. He's the guitarist and founder of the band Big Time Grain Company, and he also owns and operates the events and booking agency called Generation Relevant. In the midst of all that, he's also working in new technologies, and these new technologies have the focus of identifying the actual frequency of the COVID-19 virus with the hopes that in the future, we'll be able to eradicate this idea of lockdowns and keep people safe. We hit topics from success routines to time blocking and the the absolute necessity of following your passion and so much more. Hope you guys enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Well, Chad, we got you in on the podcast and you are, you're all over the place. Every time I talk to you, <laughs> I, I feel inspired like, man, I need to get my ass moving. This dude is, is hustling. <laughs> um, you have a company, Generation Relevant, uh, which hopefully mm-hmm. we talk a little bit about, but where you're really, you're, you're helping resource artists and businesses all over the region, uh, doing a lot of the behind the scenes work of the music industry, but you also have big time green company, which is your, your band. And it's been cool to see how you guys have, have grown, uh, and the reality of you guys getting anywhere from 5,000 all the way up to $30,000 a show. Like you guys are creating this incredible business behind the music and doing the music that you guys love. But where I wanted to start was the reality for you is before that ever, before that came to fruition, you had stepped out Mm -hmm. of the music world and that wasn't a place that you were really going for a while. And I was wondering if you could share your story of when you, you were, you kind of did the normal job thing. And then these ideas started sparking, which led you to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it started with, you know, just my original desire as in high school, when this band came through my high school was to start playing music. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen with this band coming through Colby, Kansas. You know, we just didn't get anything like that out there. And, you know, my buddy turned to me and said, Hey, you know, why don't you learn to play guitar and we'll start a band. And I mean, it was, it's weird to think about, I just like said, yeah, okay. You know, it was weird to think about that one moment changed the entire trajectory of my fast forward to here. And you're like, what? Yeah. Um, so I, I went home, tried to figure out how to find an electric guitar. We started practicing and with a band and the drummer's mom's work hair salon in the evening type deal. You know, <laughs> we spent six months learning two songs Nice. and we, and we got a gig actually in the same room that I saw that first band in playing for a town meeting. And so it was packed. with the two songs. You got a gig two with songs. the two songs. Yeah, two nice. songs. Yeah. It was to open for this town meeting and these people, you know, they were there for the town meeting, but they were so kind. They cheered like we were rock stars. I'm sure it was, it was horrendous. Um, but man, I, I got off that stage like this. I want to do this the rest of my life. Yeah, that feeling. Like, yes. Yeah, that had that feeling. And so time went on and not long after that, it was a small town. You know, so word travels fast about things. I heard we had a new practice place through the grapevine. I'm driving down <laughs> Main Street on the way home. And I see the door open to what I think is supposed to be the place, the lights on. And so I pull in and, and I get out, I go walk it up. And before I even hit the door, I'm like, there's music playing, you know? And so I hit the stairs and I'm walking down these stairs and, and I'm thinking, sounds pretty good. I'm actually thinking it might be like a radio or something. Crank that up really loud. I get to the bottom. It's my band without me and the drummer. Oh. 
And that's how I found out that I, was, I was not in the band anymore. And so you, my, my, got, you got really introduced to band life right there. It's like, oh, right yeah, off the bat. by the way, yeah. I, yeah, I unfortunately out. fired a drummer like that early on in my career yeah. um, where I didn't have a lot of uh, emotional intelligence. And I was like, oh, by the way, yeah, we got a new drummer. Sorry. Yeah, so right. I, I apologize. I was the asshole on the other end of it. But, <laughs> but here, here you are walking in and you're like, this is my gig. What, what, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And my buddy, man, it, his, he could tell he felt bad because he, he didn't mean it to go down that way. But I went home hurt, mad, angry, and and with the thought, I'm going to show him. And uh, so I started practicing and I started driving. I, I had to drive for, to Hayes, Kansas, which was a 200-mile round trip every Sunday just for guitar lessons. Wow. And I did that for six months. I started practicing two to five hours, sometimes seven hours a day. I get home from school. That's all I do is practice. And I just, and I quickly forgot about showing them and just fell in love with playing. Eventually got picked up by this group that was, that was playing like every weekend, they were weekend warriors. And eventually we, uh, you know, I went, I started out going to community college and went to K-State. And then we, during that process, we as a band had decided that we were going to, uh, go full time. But I remember that conversation with my dad before going to college of him saying, you can't do music as an income because you'll never make enough to live on unless you want to be a teacher. And I remember that upsetting me thinking he's doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Um, but that that came back to haunt me later, later in my career. But anyway, I said, well, I'm going to show him here. I'm showing him again. You know, I did a lot of that as, as, as a young. That's your musician. motivator, man. Whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. you can find that, that fire. You're like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I got this. Yeah. So this band that I was in, we, we ended up, we did go full time. Um, and uh, sorry about the dog. If you hear that, but um, that's all right. We've had a lot of dog and cat cameos yeah. and all sorts of things on the podcast. <laughs> so we we did end up deciding to go full time, and we were doing really really well part time. We were we were making great money part time. We decided to go full time, and we get we we had this agent. It was Omni actually on the entertainment here locally, and he he started but he booked out like just all these dates. It was a different time back then. You could go into one place for four to six days and just stay there and play the whole time. Wow. So we get booked in this this dive called the Nightlife in Independence, Kansas from Monday through Saturday and we go in there and we sound check and all this. And it's, it's a pretty heavy hard rock place. And we were not that. And we got fired the first night. We got a call the next morning. I said, uh, he fired you. <laughs> he said, you were not heavy enough. School, they quit jobs. They quit all this stuff. Hold on one second. It, could you just say the like two sentences before that it, it cut up for some reason. Oh yeah. We just, we were, you know, when we got that call that we were fired, we were like, what did we do? Right. Everybody just quit jobs. They quit school. They quit all these things to do this full time. And we don't even make it. So the whole week was second guessing ourselves, you know, oh, I bet. but we were in Oklahoma. At, uh, yeah. Hopefully my internet connections are, I might have to have some kids get off the computer okay. here a little bit. Um, the, uh, um, we got booked in Oklahoma the next week and it went amazing. And then from that point on, we traveled like four to six nights, uh, per week for like five years. Wow. And so you guys are hustling. 
We were. Yeah. And it was an amazing experience. Didn't make much money, but we had a three man road crew. We just, I didn't even tune my guitars, you know, I just show up and play. Felt like a legit rock star. You're like, felt like it just wasn't, I wasn't paid like it, but everything else was there. (laughs) (laughs) Had the lifestyle, none of the extra perks behind it. But I could, I could pay for my guitar strings, my food and my nine volt batteries uh, for (laughs) my wireless. So, so about four years into this, uh, our singer, at the time was married and he just kind of hit his end and he just, he walked out in the middle of the week. In the middle and of the gigs that were booked? Just yeah. I'm oh bad. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. and we okay. were, it was a week, we were booked here in town and it was on a Tuesday night. We were supposed to be there the whole week and he just left at the end of that night. Man. And man, I just, we, again, I hadn't learned it. I hadn't learned a lot of things back then. I felt wronged, was angry upset and uh but my dad's words came back you can't ever make money playing music and i remember thinking about that like at 2 a.m mm-hmm. rolling as a tape almost yeah and i'm like man i guess it's time to go find a real life or something you know right um a real job and that sort of thing so i spent the next 15 years doing three different things one of those, the first one, was becoming an entertainment agent. I went to work for Omni, and I did that for five years. Um, and I enjoyed that, but it was a different type of booking at the time because we were always, we were, it was all clubs. It was a hard way to make a living. There wasn't right. much money from an agent point of view, and there was a lot of turnover. And a lot of club owners would always try to go around the agent, so there was a lot of that going on, too. Ah. <laughs> um, so eventually, I just got tired of that. I sold vitamins for five years. Um that was quite an experience. Um, and then I had an advertising company for five years. Was it, was that AdvoCare? Yeah, it was, was AdvoCare, it, yeah. It was, okay. I actually, yeah. I, I tried to start that and then like just kind of got distracted and went into a whole other different yeah. like direction. But I tried knives and vitamins and all sorts of things. So, but, right. but then you, you, so you started your own ad agency, if I heard you right, or did you start working for somebody else? No, we start with, well, there's a whole story there. It ended up being my own because I joined a company that was on its way out of business okay. and um, I didn't know it. <laughs> And I, we had this, we had this specific door hanger product that, uh, was full color and Cruz would deliver this advertising it was competing with like a Valpac. And so we'd sell ads on this thing. It was the easiest okay. thing I'd ever sold people would buy left and right. And, uh, but she wasn't, she was taking the money and not, not honoring the contracts. And so ah, I had all these contracts. That's a, that's a kind of business model. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, not, not a good one, but so when it all went south, I had to go, I went and fa- found a, I had a buddy that said he'd be my business partner. I went around and apologized to everybody and said, Hey, here's what happened. If you give me two months, we're going to start this ourselves and I'll come back and honor your agreements. So we started that company and doing that. And uh, it went really, really, really well. Um, we were just, we were, I was just taking orders because people loved this thing until the 2008 crash. And uh, that's when, you know, one of the first things business owners were cropping was, was their advertising or they were going right. to cheaper options, which was like Valpac. And uh, so I, we hung on for two years, died a slow death. And I, at the end of that, I was in my studio that I had in my basement at the time. And I remember sitting there thinking, I can't do this anymore. I am going under, I'm miserable. 
I, yeah, I mean, just, it was just, a, it was a really, really low point. And we'd already started a big time grain company at this point, barely. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to go under, I might as well go under doing something I love. And I love that, that was, <laughs> uh, so I made the decision right there. Told my wife, I said, I'm shutting this thing down, this advertising thing down. And it wasn't a hard stretch because, like I said, we were going under anyway. So it wasn't like I was giving up income. <laughs> it's just jumping uh, off the ship before it goes fully underwater. Exactly. Like, you know, hey, uh, we're getting off yeah. is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it may, the more accurate thing might have been is like I could still see the surface from underneath the, the water. Ah, I see. I <laughs> let me, see. Let me, <laughs> I think if I start swimming now, I might be able to find it. But um, that was the day things changed for me, man. It was like, hmm. it was a day that, I just fully went back into my passion, you know, a um, couple other incremental or I mean, really important things that happened. There was that long-term friend that actually helped me in that advertising company um, had gotten into coach or had an interest in getting into business coaching. I, we didn't know this at the time, but my brother called me and said, Hey, I think we should start meeting with Brian just to kind of keep us on track on a weekly basis. So we approached Brian, say, are you interested in this? He goes, well, what you don't know is I was, I want to start a coaching business. So this was perfect. He goes, he goes, I'll, you can be my guinea pigs and <laughs> this will work out fine. And that was huge because having a third party there objectively, I mean, he's not even a musician, you know. Which um, probably helps have objectivity where it's yeah. like, you can separate yourself from that dream that's in front of yep. you and see the nuts and bolts behind it. Yeah. And, and he did, he kept us on the rails. You know, there's Brett and our brothers, you know, there's times where they're probably the, the, the hardest thing about being in a business with a sibling is taking each other for granted. Hmm. Um, where it just becomes a business relationship essentially. No, you just, no? You, you we haven't let go of, if you don't let go of how you were as kids okay. and treat them with the respect that they are of who they are now, yeah, you know, there's going to be problems. And, and being the older brother, I mean, I was probably the cause of a fair amount of that. Um, <laughs> I have four, I laugh cause I have four boys and I, <laughs> I see it progressively. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but Brian helped us work through that. He helped keep us on the rails and, you know, we would, sometimes go through weekends. We're like, man, I'm not sure that we're going to pull through this. And Brian would pull mm -hmm. us back on. And, and, uh, so we, you know, we eventually figured that stuff out. Um, and we became, you know, we've always been best friends, you know, but then we became best friends and effective business partners at the same time. And we still are to this day. I mean, it's not just big time grain company. We're partners in about everything we got going music wise. There's a few things we have separately. Like I have the agency and he has a video company, but other than that, we've got all these projects where we work together and it works out really, really well. And it's fun. We enjoy working with each other. So that's awesome, man. So you're in that moment though. And, mm -hmm. uh, you, you decided to take this journey. And again, that's, that was that moment that propelled you to where you are now. You guys have seen a lot of yeah. great success, uh, but something that I hear in your story uh, that pops out to me is something that I've always loved about you is just your love to do the right thing and to care for people. I've seen you live that out over and over again. Even like you're talking about in this ad agency, someone who's tanking this business, you took it upon yourself to walk along and go apologize to people and try to make good 
for it. What, what drives that love for people and really this desire I feel like you have to, to really do the right thing by the people around you in your life? Yeah. Well, I would say my, our, our parents, you know, I, 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 a lot of times in the story I tell, I do go back and explain where my dad was at with the, that advice. Cause my dad's an inventor. I mean, you talk oh. about a, that's harder than being a musician. Right. Um, and he was on, he was, he had had a real letdown in his inventing career where he got to this high. Mm. And then because of Roundup coming out with something chemical wise, he invented this organic weed puller. It, it crushed him. And that's the place he was coming with. But, 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 but to answer your question, so parents had a lot to do with that. Um, I, Brett and I both have a strong faith that I, you know, has played in that. I won't say that I've always, always been that way. Um, yeah. I've had to learn how to focus on that and be better at that and make that a priority. Um, and it, and it, and I'd say it's still getting better. I still have a lot to learn in that area. One of the best things I did, I only did 30 or I didn't even do that many, maybe 18 episodes of a podcast. Mm. I thought that sounded like a cool thing to do. And I was enjoying it and all that. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It is fun. It's a lot of work. As you know, you got to be committed to it. That it is. <laughs> um, but you know what it did for me more than anything? If, if I got nothing out of it other than this, is it taught me to be a really good, even better listener mm-hmm. and a better question asking asker. Um, and a and and created even a deeper desire to want to know what drives people, right? What 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 makes them tick, you know? And and this curiosity developed out of doing that. So, man, my recommendation was like, man, everybody should do a podcast, even if they never published the thing, because that <laughs> skill and and that desire to do that has played a great amount into other things, you know. Just, well, that's I wrestle with from time to time, like, because mm-hmm. the amount of hours and the things I'm seeing I need to do behind the scenes to make it more effective. I'm like, man, should I be doing this? But every interview I do, I walk away going, I, I got to figure out a way. I got to make yeah. sure I have systems in place to keep executing because each time, like you said, I feel like I learn so much about how to do it and how yeah. to converse with people, but also uh, just of other human beings out there. But yeah, but yeah well, you're you, really good at it too, man. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, you you have always uh, seemed to, at least as long as I've known you, I think we've known each other almost a decade now, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and you've always had that that piece to you, uh, to invest in other people. Uh, you were a key part of any of the success my previous band had. And I still, I still enjoy working with you with the solo things and all the stuff I'm up to. Um, but that's that's pretty cool is your parents instilling that in you from the beginning, but then also here you are needing to work on it day in and day out. What, uh, from the podcast itself, what were some of the things you learned by doing the podcast, any kind of tactical things when it comes to, uh, talking to people? Well, it's easy to drift off in, in conversations and especially zoom conversations because I started this during a pandemic. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, actually I started before that, but it, anyway, it was, we did a lot of zoom with it and it's easy to drift off. So you have, it, it takes focus and effort to really engage and hear not what the per all the person always verbally saying, but what they are meaning to say. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times people, especially people that are 
that process things out loud. Um, I've been, <laughs> so I feel like those have been my leg weights that have trained me over the years. My, our coach, Brian is one of those guys. The first time I met Brian 23 years ago, mm-hmm. I ended up shortly after a minute through Advocare, I ended up on a plane ride home from Dallas with him next to him. And I could not get off there quick enough. <laughs> you know, if you told me this guy was going to become one of my best friends in, in later in life, I was like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> was he just happen. super talkative or what? Oh what yeah. Yeah. He's on. I mean, going and going and going and going. <laughs> he sat down to ask me advice on something and I don't think I ever talked. Interesting. You know, and it's so, like the people in class in college who'd raise their hands and they're like explaining yeah. about their 10 minutes of life and then ask some yeah. side little question that wasn't even that big of a deal. Right. And it's a very expressive personality and it's very animated. Well, yes. what do I do? I marry the same personality, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I've so had it, 23 years of these two people in my life right. that I've, I have to listen to what they mean and not what they say, because what they mean many times is not what they just said. Right. (laughs) Well, and it seems like there's, there's an art in conversation as well to help people tell in a, in a way it's helping people tell their own story and, and helping them craft and shape. And, and I think that every conversation can sharpen that. That's funny though. You got your business coach and your life, your life partner who's living every day with you uh, helps you get those reps in. I love it. And this whole thing that I talked about with this COVID scanner opportunity, mm-hmm. the guy ahead of that is like, you take, you take my wife and you take Brian and you put them together. And I think he still surpasses that. Wow. I'm like, okay. so it's all been training ground. It's been up. training ground. <laughs> well, it, so let's jump into that real quick. I don't mm-hmm. know how much, cause I know you got this, this thing going on in the background. I don't know how much you can talk about at this point, but you are just the serial entrepreneur. You see opportunities, you find a way to bring value to it. And so during 2020, you get this interesting opportunity. You want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that with this COVID scanner that, that you're working yeah. on? Yeah, and I can actually talk a lot more about it than I could even a couple of weeks ago. So Okay, perfect. Perfect um, timing. Yeah, the uh, so I, through LinkedIn and but it's music working on this music licensing side with my brother, you know, it's, it's all about the songs and then also about the relationships, developing relationships. And so I get connected up with this guy named Scott at the, I think end of 2019 to, cause he's got some Netflix connections. So I ended up on the phone with Scott for an hour, the first, first day. And we talked about farming and tech and music and all these things, but he was telling me about this technology that could scan crops from a satellite and find disease down to the plant. I said, well, we, you know, we're a country band playing for all these big country or farm organizations. So I, I've got a few people hooked up with, so I did that. Um, so then the quarantine hits, which I told you this was the funny thing is we, Brett and I also launched a course on how to That's right. teach people how to make more money playing live music. That we and then live music right goes before away. the quarantine, yeah. <laughs> so. Which is a great course. I went through it myself, uh, learned a lot. I even applied it on the tour I did right before the shutdown. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> it's coming back though, man. It's coming back. They're gonna, it is. Someone yeah. will use it, someone will use it. So besides the music licensing, which we hadn't gained any traction on at that point anyway, everything in my life 
generating income was connected to live music. It was playing live, it was booking live shows. And then, you know, even this live course we were working on. So when the quarantine hits, about a week into that, Scott sends me the information on this, this, this tech, same technology that's been used in NASA for like 15 years, but it'll, it's a handheld version that will identify the COVID virus. And I'm like, well, I've got time, you know? <laughs> so let me just dig in and help with this. And, and which um, is such a huge opportunity, like as you explained it, the, the original technology from a satellite, it could identify disease in a field on a blade, right? If I understand. Well, that's what it's going to be used. What it was originally created for was to identify cracks in satellites from ground-based telescopes for NASA. So NASA's used it for 15 years. Um, They use it to look, discover exoplanets, all kinds of things. The DOD has used it for 10 years. Um, They use it to, to identify warheads you know, that are lighting, they can, they can identify a, lower, a warhead anywhere in the world at the point it just begins to light, to heat wow. up and know that that's what it is. That's and then they use it for a lot of things that we're not privy to. Um, so um, <laughs> we'll find out in 30 years, you know, yeah, we oh, will. that's what they're doing. It'd be a Netflix show. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, so anyway, I just start. I started helping Scott build this out and we've helped them put a team together. We've got a team of about 20 people on the marketing side of this that are helping bring this to, to market. And uh, it's been quite a deal because it's interesting. It's so far out. It was so far out of my lane from a industry perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even care about science in school. Um, you were playing guitar. You were practicing seven hours a day. That's what I you was. were doing. But here's what's so cool about this is a lot of this technology still goes back to sound. You know, we frequencies like we're identifying the COVID frequency. So when you think about from a run and sound for a group, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, on a X32 board where they have the screen, you can sit there and say, this one frequency is the problem to making this whole thing sound like crap. This one frequency in this one instrument is causing the whole thing to sound like crap. Right. You know, we're doing the same thing. It's like- You just found the COVID frequency and it's making life be like crap and like, let's just push it out of the way. Exactly, exactly. Well, (laughs) that push it out of the way, that's a whole different story we won't even talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We can can at least know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and I think the implications we're discussing uh, for for live music for business is that yeah. it it eradicates this idea of a lockdown. Where if it we does. can so yeah. quickly identify a virus like this or something in the future and adapt the technology, it yeah. it saves so many issues that all of us have been living in for the last year. Well, yeah, almost a year coming up, and that's yeah. huge. That's a yeah, huge sure. opportunity. Well, and 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 then once. Once that's conquered, mm-hmm. this same group of scientists that we work with has a solution to music piracy. Yeah, you were talking a little bit about that. Are you able to break some of that down here or yeah, is that yeah, still? Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we have the ability to, it's, it's through a holo, holographic, um, it's called a checker, we call it checker code. 
Okay. Um, and so it has to do like there it's being used right now in the supply chain. The government's uses it for their whole supply chain. It was, it was put together or was originally created because a couple helicopters went down and they discovered that there was circuit boards that were counterfeit on it. And the general was livid, went to our scientists who do a lot of contract work for the government, said, do you have a solution for this? This is the solution. And this, this, so this, it's this sticker or this checker code, even if you print it out on your own colored computer, how holds so much information in it that you're able to do more than a QR code on steroids. Eventually it's going to replace RFID. Um, but then you apply this over to the music side. So think about this. Okay. So I, I want to buy Miguel's song. Uh, give me a song name. Uh, Need a Life is one of the ones I saw. Need a Life. Okay. I want to buy Need a Life. When I buy Need a Life, I'm going to have a specific checker code attached to, to, to my device that is unique and unhackable to me and that one song. Okay. So if I try to go give Need a Life to my brother, it's flat out not going to work. Yeah. Um, it won't work. Um, and in addition to that, it instantly will be able to calculate everybody in the process that needs paid and what percentages and, and can even take care of that instant instantaneous payment. Which so for a about, lot of people, like the world, the world that we live in now, it, there's three months, six months payouts where you have to wait for yep. money and money's just sitting in, in these companies that are kind of middlemen like this. This is a revolutionary technology yeah. and we were talking about like blockchain and the application of it and it's it's living in that world but anyway yeah. i cut you off yeah no all good um then and then also there there would be the potential to say okay my brother still wants your song um he decides to go ahead and buy it i could i could make a few cents off referring your song that's nice nice for so everybody. I mean, what does that do for, you know, in the independent artist? Right. When every, and their fans become a, a sales representative in a way at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm hugely passionate about getting through this COVID pro project and actually start working on that too. We've got some crazy um, relationships around that, but here's what's interesting from a, from a, just a broad perspective of what I what I pay attention to in my in my life is is when I get these little unctions. And sometimes they're really really subtle, but if I listen to them and will follow them, then all my dreams and goals still get taken care of in the process. Hmm. Because what's happening beyond just that story I just told you about is. I am, I am actually ending up in on phone conversations and Zoom conversations with people at higher levels in the music industry business than I ever was before I started helping this guy. Hmm. I mean, I've been on with one of the top um, guys from CAA. What's CAA? I'm not familiar uh, with that Creative one. Artist Agency, one of the largest artist agencies in the world. That's awesome. You know, and whether or not I, I'm even going to need something like that. Um, I was on the phone with Garth Brooks's guitar player. Nice. You know, talking about, hey, Garth Brooks would be the, a 
the right person to to launch the first concert with this technology <laughs> that would he's be always huge. out front he's always on the edge <laughs> you know and he had some sense. great promo recently too you know got to sing amazing grace in the yeah, in the right. inauguration which was i i haven't seen i feel like i haven't seen garth books in forever and i'm like oh man they he, he knocked it out it was awesome i was yeah. just mad they didn't have an audience mic out there uh, like the sound people dropped the balls. Like he, uh, he called everyone to sing with him. It's like, he sang amazing. Grace. It. It's like, like, yeah, it was, he sounded great, but yeah, yeah. that's a, a little side note. Right. So you, for you sounds like you see these, these promptings essentially inside um, mm-hmm. and, and following those has opened up doors towards your dream, like over yeah. and over again, it seems like, am I hearing yeah. you right? Yeah, that's for sure. And, and through all this, I, still have never lost the desire to keep getting better. You know, I, I still practice and play all the time. One of my favorite things to do as a guitar player is I will, I will hop on and learn something on YouTube or Facebook from somebody generally quite a bit younger than me and, uh, and learn it like a new technique. And then I'll hop on YouTube and just hit backing tracks and just work it and I'll work it through every key and just yeah. learning these new, t- I still, to this day, time disappears for me when I do that, you know? Well, and kind of the practical nuts and bolts, because you have so many things going on. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of artists and even entrepreneurs struggle often try to figure out how to structure your day. That's, I'm constantly moving things around on my calendar, trying to figure out, mm-hmm. okay, how do I fit all the pieces together? What are the priorities? Uh, yeah. I know one thing we've talked about is the idea of focusing on what your greatest at, like what's your deepest gift in a way. Uh, how do you structure that? How do you make sure you keep this passion and your growth in music front and center, even while you work on things where you're talking to people from all over the world for big yeah. science projects and those kind of things? Well, so I'm going to tell you the right way to do it. I won't tell you I do this all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> my brother's actually better at this than I. I mean, he's gotten really good at this, but it's, it's called time blocking um, where you just basically say this amount of time is designated for specifically this. And I will not let anything interrupt that. Not a text, not a phone call, not, a, not, not any of that, you know? Um, and then also realizing that most people generally, um, not everybody, my wife's an exception. Most people's most creative time in their day is in the beginning of the day right so it's it's important if if you have any option at all in this to let that be the time you work on your creative outlet um because you're going to find that it's just way more productive now another thing that i do that that i've done for probably least least a year maybe a year and a half now is how i start my days um I start every day in with at least 30 minutes of a specific, well, so the first part I would call it a prayer meditation time. It's 15 minutes where mm-hmm. I've got, where I just listen to a music that, that, that has a breathing pattern to it. So it's three in five out. 
Nice. And that's the first thing I start. Well, I, I first of all, I take it. I still take Avocare today. I don't sell anymore, but I take it. And I, I so I, I this is important because I take this silver pack is first because otherwise I will fall asleep on this, the next two parts of my day. <laughs> you need something to jolt you away. That's <laughs> right. I, I have to start with workouts or else if I get up at 5 a.m. And, and then try to do work, I'm like, no. I'm asleep at my desk. So, no, I feel you. You got to have something to yeah. <laughs> you go. <laughs> so. So as I'm breathing in, I'm just relaxing. I'm, I'm clearing my mind. And that is when my best ideas come. And some of those are related to music. Some of them related to somebody I need to call that day. Some of them are related to a task that needs to be done. And if I will, if I'll pay attention to that and listen to that and make sure that I do those things that happen in that first 15 minutes, um, then it's the results on those are generally pretty good now what if you think about that if you are only if you're focusing mostly on the exact right things each day then your time gets way more efficient you don't you it's less feeling like you're running on a treadmill and more feeling like you're floating and nice. and getting accomplished what you need to get accomplished the second 15 minutes i do uh, i actually started this because i think i'm pretty sure i had covid before anybody before it was cool you know <laughs> i had covid um, before everyone else did. <laughs> we had a cool band yeah well, it was like february of 2020 <laughs> and they weren't testing for it so we don't you know don't really know but but that the the aftermath of the cough for me went on forever like three weeks to the point that i felt like i was gonna lose a lung out of the deal every morning yeah. and i heard about with the wim hof technique um is this a breathing technique yeah, it is a breathing technique. Okay. He's the ice. He's known as the ice man. Oh yeah, uh, I think I've I've heard yeah. of this guy. So I started doing his breathing technique every morning. I got his app, and then I do the uh, I finish every shower, and this was extremely painful until I got used to it. Every shower, totally freezing cold, all the hot off, only cold, and you start 15 seconds, you're way at 60 seconds. Um, within a week, the cough almost was completely gone because nice. the reason i even started this he said you could build your you can you can jolt your immune system into way more effectiveness within 48 hours wow so i like i got like this. i'll try it let's do it yeah exactly um i was able to i went from not even being able to hold my breath barely a minute the first time like two weeks later i held it like the longest was four minutes that's awesome man and so my lung capacity went up. I started feeling better. So when you increase, you increase your oxygen into your system, um, which you get that from working out too. Um, well, and that's but, part of it. I, I need to check out this app because I'm working on a lot of breathing techniques in yep. the pool, uh, just because the long distances of swimming, the, yeah. the more you can control that and not freak out when the carbon dioxide builds up, uh, the better off you are. So this sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, but, um, it was free for a long time. Then he, he started charging. Uh, there's a, like a free trial on it. Um, you know, but I was like, there's no way I'm stopping this. Right. You know? He had you. Oh, he had me. Yeah. Um, so clarity, you know, clarity in your thinking is a big part of, you know, taking care of yourself is a big part of getting to your dream. Cause if yeah. you don't have the energy and the focus, it's going to be hard. You know, I feel you. Especially if you're still working around a job. Oh yeah. And trying to balance that. So many artists, so yeah. many musicians are, are dealing with that. Like how I got four hours here. How do I do what, what do I do? How do I make the most yeah. of it? And it does seem like that for me. Like when I have the, I think of them as like 
you put the big rocks in a jar. It's like, if I get the big rocks in, then everything else I could pour sand in and all the other little things kind of fill in. But yeah. all too often I, I get distracted or stressed out by those small little pieces of sand and I can no longer fit the big things in. So that's, that's a great encouragement right. to block things out, make sure uh, it's really happening. So when you think of, Oh, do you have one more thing to say there? Well, I just think it, and, and the, I think the biggest thing is make sure that you're constantly doing the thing that gives you life. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've found myself guilty over the years of skipping past the music side to do the marketing side mm -hmm. to make the music side happen. And then before a weekly passes and I'm like, man, I, I'm not happy at all here. You know, right. this is not, this is stressful. So anyway, go ahead. Well, and that's, you give you've given me, me that advice over the years, several times, even I think last week where I was like, what do you think? Should I do, should I stop writing and do this for a while so I can focus mm -hmm. on it? You're like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Is that going to make you happy? <laughs> and it's true. There's times where yeah. I had a mentor uh, for years and I remember he would ask regularly, are you writing? Are you, are you mm -hmm. working on something? And, uh, and if I said no, he'd be like, maybe, maybe you should just put things aside and go back to that for a minute and get that clarity and get that, that focus yeah. you need and really the healing in a way. So when you think of, of living a great life, like going more into the philosophical end of things, if you had to define it, what does living a great life mean to you right now? Um, living for each moment is the, is when I when I do it best. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm present, like right here with you right now. I'm having a ball. This is fun. You know, for, this is fun for me. I'm not thinking about whatever I've got going on at noon, which I have something, but I don't. I'll have to look at my calendar and see what it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, and that, that has a dramatic impact on my plane too, mm. you know, and this, that is not something that has not only not come easy for me, that has been a huge struggle over my life. I, uh, you know, one of the things that I've had to overcome is this constant need to try to get to the end for the, to get to the happiness. Yeah. Like one day it'll come one yeah. day I'm working on these things. No, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah. Was so, there a moment that inspired that for you or has it been a slow progression as you have just done life and done business? Yeah. Slow progression. I had to learn. I think it, I would say I've learned that the hard way and, and had enough knocks on the head to, to make me more aware of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. No, and that's and my it. wife is really good. She's, she's one thing about expressing people is they, that, that comes naturally to them a lot mm -hmm. of times, you know, these, these three people in my life, they're, they're pretty good at that. And Tammy, my wife is really good at that. So she'll, she'll call me out when I need it. She drags you back into the moment. She's like, come yeah, on, right. Get yeah. in this moment. And that's, I know for me, meditation was going on a journey in, in yeah. breathing and uh, more kind of from a, a physiological standpoint of focus yes. that helped me a ton. And I remember one of the first times there was like a breakthrough of being on stage and it was, we were playing up like upstate New York or something. And we were mm -hmm. right by this lake. And I remember in the moment, just kind of turn around. And it's like, I, it was one of the first times I realized, and I, I was like in my mid thirties at this point, like it's one of the first times you just kind of relax and enjoy this moment i could see the sun setting while we're playing a song and all of it was yeah. just happening and i was like i got a taste of that it's like oh man i want more of that yeah. how do we how do we live in that well and boy you hit on something big there because 
when you hit that moment, then you get to take the audience with you. Right. You know, when, if you're not there and like me, I'm like, what, what I used to do is I used to think ahead this, the next song I used to think transitions, I wonder, choreography. I wonder if the merch person is getting, you know, got all the fun. <laughs> I'm like, that, that looked, that sounded weird on the sound, you know, I'm like all the wrong things, you know? Right. And that subconsciously affects your audience. Hmm. And where if, if, if I'm in the moment, then they don't know what's causing it. They don't know right. these things are going on, but they, they will, they will either benefit or not benefit. Yeah. It's like they get 80% there, you know, it's like maybe all the mm -hmm. technical abilities, all those, but there's that extra thing that just takes it from good to great uh, for yeah. artists, I think on stage and really in life. So I love it, man. Yeah. When you think of creating great things, how would you define that right now? Um, wow. Creating great things. I, you know, what I'm really having fun with from just a guitar perspective now is because of technology and things like I've got a Kemper profiler now. I'm jealous. I want one. It's um, on the list of things I, I yeah. need. I'm just going to say list of things I need. So Yeah. Need is right. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can now, I'm, I can, I'm completely mobile with my studio. Yeah. So if I want to be in Hawaii looking at a beach, it is not, going to be out of the realm of possibility to just take my studio with me. It's not That's that amazing. big, you know, with the, with the Kemper that and some headphones and a guitar, you know? <clears throat> um, so that's exciting to me. Um, working on, I'm, I'm starting to get a lot of different opportunities to play on other people's projects, which is fun. You know, when we, when we started the country band, I started actually as the singer. Um, my brother and I, my brother was working on something independently. And I said, you know, if you help me play bass on this and I'll help you with your project and then whoever gets where we need to go first, we can help the other one. Right. Um, so I was helping him one day with a track, a, a drum. He, he had a drummer come in and play this part. And then he threw down a rough vocal and then left. And I went back and listened to that and like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, he has a perfect country voice, man. And he does. Yeah. I'm low like, end and the rough. way he expresses there was like, <laughs> the first time I heard one of your guys' tracks, I'm like, damn, he's got perfect country voice. That's great. Yeah. So, and I've never heard you sing. I didn't know you were first the singer in the band. So, yeah. Well, it didn't last years. very long because once I realized, you know, I, I, I remember sitting down there singing, uh, trying to sing a original part a hundred times and it not sounding the way I thought it should sound. Right. Um, and I was probably pretty hard on myself, but when he sang that one time and it sounded like what I wanted to hear in my head out of my own voice, it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Plus I recognized that when I had an opportunity to get work on something to get better, I never chose vocal. I always chose guitar. Mm -hmm. And so I recognized that too. So I went back to the woodshed because I was like, at that time, the guitar player we had, we, our schedule was getting busier than he could handle. And so he was looking mm -hmm. at kind of bailing out, but I was a rock guitar player. Yeah. Um, I had to completely go back and relearn a the alternate picking style, learn a different way of thinking about melodies and solos in country. Um, I had no idea 
it took the amount of talent it takes. And I spent in that. So I went back, like when I first started playing guitar, I went back for two to three years, spent it, was hitting it about two to three hours a day again. Nice, man. Um, and and just re-fell in love with the process of of learning new things and playing guitar. But anyway, so now I'm getting these opportunities to play in all these other projects that are some of them are some of them are country, some are rock, some are, you know, whatever this. And it's fun because I'm realizing my the new techniques I spent all this time learning is now impacted everything That's awesome. in a really cool way for me. And so, so is it the flexibility, like getting to be flexible is creating great things for you right now? Or it is. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it's funny that the, I play at church a fair amount and the pastor who's a musician came up to me a couple weeks ago. He goes, I goes, what are you doing here? Cause you're plugging into the same system everybody else is plugging into. <laughs> he goes, but it just doesn't sound the same. <laughs> so I said, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Cause my, at church, I rarely use anything in my pedal board. I still running through it. So it's not really changing anything. I said, I said, that guitar sounds really good. I said, but beyond that, I mean, I think what's happened is I've developed, I've really found out who Chad is as a guitar player through this process. Right. Because I've got years of shredding in that hair band, 80s band, you know. <laughs> and then I flipped clear to the other side where there was no distortion. I, I mean, I, you know, no whammy bar. Or oh shit bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. I love it. The oh shit bar. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so now what's what some of these projects are allowing me to, to find out a interesting mold of the two things together. That's been really fun. That's awesome. And so. you know, his his comment to you, I think is a great metaphor really for how I observe that you live your life. Like you have the same guitars, you know, same sound system and you're getting this extra sound that they're not used to and it seems like you have the same hours as any other artist or any other entrepreneur but somehow you're leveraging it the best you absolutely can so that's that's really cool that's a really cool thing to see and it's always an encouragement to me man so well thank you for hanging out on the podcast yeah, and i'm sure we could probably start talking all day but you you're time blocking and you got things right. to do so <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah until next time man i appreciate it Dude, I want to encourage you. Um, you are really good at this. Thank you, man. Okay. I appreciate I, it. <laughs> that I've means a lot. A few, I've had a f done quite a few of these, but you're just like, man, you're like, you're in your zone here. Thank so. you. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. Your encouragement in the past has definitely pushed me towards this too. And uh, it'll be cool to see where it goes and how yeah, it impacts man. people. So we have a good day, man. And I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Miguel. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.